Newsflash, from a big-time trade to a flurry of international signings, the busy off-season of MLR roster moves continues. We break down the fantasy impact of those moves and, of course, talk the latest in Rugby World Cup action. The Fantasy Rucker Show starts right now. Where rugby and the world of fantasy sports collide. Welcome to the Fantasy Rucker Show, bringing fantasy rugby to the masses, talking all things rugby from the MLR to leagues around the world. We're on top of it. Headphones on, pads off. This is the Fantasy Rucker Show. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Yee, Matt Yee, and Devin Vanderpool. What's up, everybody? This is episode number 81 of the Fantasy Ruckers Show. Thank you so much to our Fantasy Ruckers League members, our community members, and everyone else tagging along on this journey of trying to make Fantasy Rugby a reality in the MLR. With you, as always, Matt Yee, Ryan Yee. A little bit of a scheduling change, so Devin Vandy Vanderpool cannot be with us on this episode. Um, he'll be back uh, as soon as possible. But, uh, yeah, I got a little bit of a different episode in this one, Matt. I know we say it a couple uh, – we said it a multiple Multiple episodes uh, during this offseason before um, it might be the offseason for Major League Rugby, but there's no shortage of news coming down the pipeline. It feels like we keep yeah. on getting fed good stuff. And of course, it's a busy time in the rugby world with Rugby World Cup going on. And that has definitely not disappointed so far about two weeks into the uh, event. Yeah, and honestly, you know, a busy time with the Rugby World Cup going on just for the MLR. Honestly, lots of news coming out of there and uh, lots of players coming out of there and, and playing and then participating. But... Uh, I was going to say that we probably just needed to take a break from sucking so much at doing these <laughs> dang rankings. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it takes makes me feel a little bit better about myself with all this news coming in, uh, taking a little bit of a break from being absolutely slobbered by reality. <laughs> Your predictions. Yeah, they've been a, a struggle here as we've gone through all the uh, forward players. Uh, we went through scrum halves. We went through fly halves. Uh, we will continue. Sucked like we said, uh, scrum halves were all right. Scrum halves uh, were okay. I mean, I think we we did okay. You are uh, winless yet in our competition with our prediction uh, okay, segment. Okay, so I'll, okay, I'll take okay. that there. Uh, but yeah, like we said at the top of the show, this is a news flash episode. There's a lot of news that has a big fantasy MLR impact that have been coming down the pipeline. So we're going to dedicate this episode, a little bit of a different format here to kind of going over all that news and of course because of that representation by major league rugby in this year's world cup we want to recap over that and we will continue our top fantasy player reveal uh with the centers coming up next in the coming weeks so keep out on a a look for uh that episode coming out uh but yeah no shortage of news coming out so we're going to break that all down a lot of roster moves like i said that is going to have some fantasy implications so yeah we'll get to that in just a second here but hey before we get into it gotta mention here if you aren't following us already at the fantasy Fantasy Ruckers social handles are up above if you're watching on the YouTube video down below in the description if you are listening on the podcast I want to say a little bit of an update as this mission continues to try to get fantasy MLR out to the masses the gears are turning now uh, uh Alistair Kirschpool the oddball gentleman himself oh. and I are working very closely to start to get that kind of rolling and and we're we're hitting the workshop we're getting into uh getting hopping on the the computer to work everything's out using that smart mastermind of his uh the the genius behind the fantasyruckers.com to hopefully get this out to the people for the 2024 season so again you want to be following us on social to be latest and to know when that 
comes through. And of course, there is also a Discord community that you can join. The link for that is down below in the description as well. And like I mentioned, the fantasyrecords.com. If you're uh, getting a little bit of withdrawals from the lack of Major League Rugby play and Rugby World Cup isn't enough for you, you can back, go on the fantasyrecords.com to look back at the 2023 season. All the stats are there, both uh, regular stats, fantasy stats. Um, you, you can check that all that uh, out there. No shortage of content here, um, despite being in the midst of a what seems to be a busy offseason. So uh, mm-hmm. let's get into it here, Matt. Um, yeah, like we said, no shortage of news and notes when it comes to Major League Rugby. And I think the biggest one that we got to get to right away, because I think this is the one that's going to have the biggest fantasy impact as a whole so far. Big time trade. And I feel like this has been kind of progressing here as we've started to see some of the roster moves from the Seattle Seawolves. The Seawolves have announced that they have traded AJ Alatimu, staple of that club, to the Houston Sabercats in exchange for Joe Tafetti. Interesting one. Obviously, Tafetti has uh, has the U.S. Uh, international experience. Uh, he's been playing in the Major League Rugby with uh, Los, An- Los Angeles Guiltinis, uh, the Houston Sabercats, six tries in 19 MLR matches since 2022. And we all know what A.J. Alatimu has done over the course of his MLR career. Uh, Seattle's all-time leading point scorer was one of our top fantasy players last season, uh, 321 points and 45 caps since 2021. This is going to have some uh, fantasy ripples here, and it's going to have a lot of implication in 2020. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's the offseason of the 10s because clearly the offseason moves have just been centered around the movement of 10s around this league and the movement of 10s from other leagues into the MLR. So uh, it's been that type of offseason. They've definitely dominated if they didn't get enough attention already. Um, But this is interesting, right? Like we, we talked about this last episode a little bit when we were going into the Mac Mason signing. But now we see Mac Mason's value just skyrocket i mean you look at the lineup and i think they're backup 10 so kieran joyce left who was originally their backup 10 before jordan jate mm-hmm. and now they have shane barry who was a rookie last year um who's gonna be maybe they start maybe they believe in shane barry and want to see him develop through the seattle seawolves um so it'll be interesting i think matt mason's uh value has just skyrocketed and honestly this kind of points to me about hey what's happening with davy Coatser and in, in, in houston yeah what's going on there because why would you make a trade for especially giving up a guy like Joe Tofetti? He, he was a guy who came on and was a solid replacement for Dean Muir and actually had some fantasy impact when mm-hmm. he played. Why would you give up that type of player uh, for AJ Alatimu unless that was a gap that you're s- severely trying to trying to fill? Um, yeah. So it's interesting in that sense. I'll just add before we before you kind of throw in your two cents there is that I mean, now we look at the Seattle Seawolves hooker. We were already talking about it in the hooker breakdown episode right like james malcolm peter malcolm that was a tough split to choose it's probably why james malcolm wasn't at the top sure and now you add in joe tofetti what like what happens there is one of them out the door are both of them out the door you know we'll have to see we'll see um yeah i think the best way to approach this way uh this this deal is kind of look at on both ends well we'll start with the sea wolves rugby side of things um and i think to your point matt about kind of the emphasis on the fantasy value of mac mason uh skyrocketing here you know as fantasy managers you're going to take every little piece of news and note yeah. that you can get um and i think your confidence in mac mason's kind of importance to the sea wolves rugby coming in this 2024 season the outlook that he's probably going to have in the 
fantasy landscape uh, is only heightened when you look at the uh, the announcement made by Seabulls Rugby here. And they say, they come out and say, when you sign a premium fly half in Mac Mason, it's difficult to retain someone like AJ who will be warmly remembered by all the Seawolves. And then securing an American front row player of Joe's quality is fantastic. He has significant depth to the front row, brings a wealth of experience from top flight rugby in England and France. Um, so it's it's interesting to see here. That, that's from the uh, the head coach, um, Alan Clark himself and director of rugby for Seawolves Rugby. Um, but I think there's a lot to break down there. Obviously, there's a lot of confidence now in Mac Mason and what he's going to bring to the Seawolves side. So I think, yes, like you're mentioning, Matt, his value skyrockets and it seems like he has no competition there. And then on the scarier side of things, you talk about depth and depth is good when it comes to, um, you know, major league rugby teams and their competition uh, throughout the season. But when it comes to fantasy teams, uh, depth is not necessarily always a great thing because you are always going to be questioning yourself on whether or not they're going to uh, produce for you on a week in and week out basis. So uh, maybe the confidence in Joe Tafetti um, is not as much with the Seawolves rugby, especially like you mentioned with uh, James Malcolm, Peter Malcolm present. We'll see whether or not those there's any following uh, moves too. But I mean, yeah, Mac Mason is going to be incredible. And I mean, you talk about, we, we talk about the departure of uh, Jordan Chait. We talk about now the departure of AJ Alatimu. Um, Mac Mason is unquestionably going to be one of the top fly halves that are drafted off the board here in the 2024 season. I have no doubt in my mind about that. And I think I think the the thing with the way that the transactions are announced in the MLR for fantasy wise, once you see a transaction, it's always thinking about okay, what does that have an impact on the team that's receiving this player? Why mm-hmm. did they get AJ Alatimu? Why did they get Joe Telfetti? What does that mean for potentially who is available to pick up or who may be uh, part of the MLR in the coming years? So. Uh, it's always interesting to look at it in that lens too, because that also has a fantasy impact of who's available. If James Malcolm is no longer in the league, that's one of the top hookers, the premier hookers in the MLR that is right. no longer on anybody's draft boards. Right. Um, and then kind of shifting over to the Houston Sabercats side of things. Yeah, you, you talk about kind of a logjam and kind of now an interesting situation when it comes to Houston. Um, again, you're bringing in a guy that was super fantasy relevant in 2022, uh, top fantasy player in AJ Alatimu. Last season, not so much, obviously, with the competition with Jordan Chait, flip-flopping between the fly half and center position, racking up 116.4 fantasy points last season. Um, and And... I don't think it becomes any more clear moving to the Houston Sabercats. Cause like you mentioned, Matt, uh, you obviously got Davey Coatser who's there, who was a fantasy stud. We talked about him in that fly half segment here mm-hmm. uh, uh, last episode um, and, and what he was able to do. I don't think Davey Coatser's position is in any jeopardy here. I would still just be as confident with Davey Coatser heading in uh, to this 2024 season. Um, and then you look at kind of what AJ Alatimi brought with the Seawolves when he came to the center position, but that center position is log jam too with the Houston Sabercats. You got Dominic Aquina who racked of 155.2 fantasy points last season. Christian Dyer, who they just re-signed as well, 141.1 fantasy points. So where AJ Alatimu kind of slots into this lineup is an interesting one. Obviously, when you're giving up a, a asset like Joe Tafetti, the plan is to include him in your lineup somehow. I just don't know if it's going to be something that is beneficial from a fantasy perspective. Um, I think it's just going to eat away at other people's production and ultimately in AJ Alatimu's production as well. And, and a bit of a self-correction here, but I just remembered that if you look at Jam Delay, you know, announced by Jam Delay in one of his his uh, his roster moves, that last week in his roster move, he said Davey Coates is coming back to Houston. So we think about that, and now we're solidifying that, all right, they're going forward, mm-hmm. unless AJ Alatimu gets moved again, um, which we've seen happen sure. a la Quatrin. But, uh, you know, 
what happens there? What does that look like? Is David Coates are at 15? Uh, they did lose Robbie Povey. We did see Robbie Povey still sure. have a potential fantasy impact. But what does that look like? What is that di- dynamic there? I think that just solidifies that. Look, David Coates are AJ Alatimo. Unfortunately, from the way that it looks right now, their fantasy values are going down. Sure. And when we do our rankings in the coming months, Ryan, or in the future, uh, we got to put this into consideration that, look, Maybe AJ Alatimu and David Coatser can't be put in our top fives this year. Yeah, and I will mention that Christian Dyer has appeared in the back three position as well. So there is that possibility. Um, he played a majority of last season yeah. at the back three position. But you have Lourdes Vanderskiff right. as well, 112.1 fantasy points. Obviously, he had a little bit of injury problems sometimes there throughout mm-hmm. the season. Um, but, I mean, Lourdes Vanderskiff has shown to be a, a quality fantasy asset as well. So there's a lot of pieces in that situation. It's going to be interesting to see how they approach it. Again, I think uh, this is definitely going to have an impact and I think an overall negative impact on, uh, not that it doesn't make Houston a better team. Of course, when you're bringing in a guy like AJ Alatim, it's going to make Houston as a whole a better squad. But at least from a fantasy perspective, I think this takes a knock on everyone's fantasy value, even Davey Coaster's to an extent um, on on uh, on 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 the, the world of, of fantasy MLR uh, moving forward here for Houston Sabercats players. Yep, for sure. And the big winner being Mac Mason. Yeah, the the big winner being Mac Mason out of this one, that's for sure, uh, definitely. But yeah, definitely keep an eye out. Again, like Matt said, uh, it's always interesting to see how this shakes out. Obviously, you can read a little bit between the lines with these trades, and there might be moves in the in the near future that may indicate kind of what's going on here. But nonetheless, uh, as it stands right now, um, it, it, it is definitely having a, a big fantasy impact on, on some of these guys. Um, shift on over to uh, another fly half. You say, Matt, the offseason of fly halves. A big re-signing for the Toronto Arrows. Uh, Sammy Malcolm is returning to the Arrows um, in those brand new jerseys that they have revealed in those brand new Arrows colors um that they have announced uh last week um he's only one of five players to pass 300 points scored in major league rugby obviously has been a staple of the arrows for quite some time um last season was a tough one for him uh, uh getting that injury that season ending injury that kind of uh that hurt him quite a bit uh but the season before that he was a staple when it came to fantasy production and he was why he was uh in our top five heading into the 2023 year it was just so money uh from that 2022 year Again, uh, when he was on the field last season, he showed spurts of what he was able to do in 2022, um, but he returns, and it, it, lends to, it, it lends to the question because we know that they, uh, they made the big-time trade, the Arrows, in bringing over Robbie Povey, who is also a fly half. What's going to happen here between Sam Malcolm and Robbie Povey in the fly half situation in Arrows land? Yeah, and you could argue that injury aside, Robbie Povey had the better year when he was on the field last year. So... Uh, it'll be interesting for sure to, to see what happens. And we've always also seen the arrows kind of lean towards, uh, the Canadian eligible guys, uh, like Robbie Povey. Um, but also, I mean, you got to think when you think of last year, you know, they had Peter Nelson, they had Shane O'Leary all in their lineup. Um, what does that mean for those two? Those guys didn't have as much of fantasy impact, but were guys that you could definitely stream. Um, I think that this is unfortunately, um, going to bring down kind of Sam Malcolm's um, Sam Malcolm's value, even though we've seen both Robbie Povey and I believe Sam Malcolm play at 15 before or slotted at 15 before, probably not start there, but have slotted in. Um, but again, we see another case of two, two tens that deserve to start in the MLR on the same team. Um, and we don't like to see that as fantasy managers. 
No, and I think what these moves, uh, including the AJ Alatimu move, um, including this uh, this move here, what this is emphasizing to me right now, at least as it stands heading into the 2024 fantasy season, is the heightened importance and the heightened value of getting some of these top guys here. Do you know th this yeah. is only making the value of Mac Mason go even higher because you're not going to have, it appears like that many fly halves heading into the 2024 year where it is their sole job. And they're going to get a lot of the opportunity. He, we, we thought it was going to be Davey Coetzer, um, uh, 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 had before this trade had happened. You may be questioning that a little bit with the introduction of AJ Alatimu, uh, Sam Malcolm, a fully healthy Sam Malcolm heading into the 2024 year. You were probably, Probably looking at that um, if this resigning happened without the addition of Robbie Povey as a guy that was your top spot, um, and 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 you know just just looking at some of those guys now that that are in those top fly half positions that have those positions. You talk about um, Joel Hodgson, man. Joel Hodgson and Mac Mason, I think, are going to be the two guys that are going to be be highly highly valued heading to the 2024 year just yeah. because of their solid consistency and confidence that they're going to be you know, at that fly half position every and, single week, making a big impact. Yeah. And then I'll also kind of caution it with this is that we did see some questions in heading into last year with, you know, Potros or Reese McDonald, two guys that uh, were supposed to be tens. Um, and we saw Reese McDonald in the preseason slot in at that 10 position, even early on in the season, I believe he had a couple of times where he slot in at 10 and we still saw Jason Potros kind of blow up and, and be the guy in, for the free jacks. Um, so you might end up having that, but it just adds that little bit of uncertainty sure. as well. Um, and I'll add in another thing is that we talk about the back three of, of maybe one of these guys slotting in at 15, but we remember that the, the arrows made a huge trade with the, the formerly guys formerly known as rattle, mm -hmm. uh, to get Ruida Biddle. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of competition there and, and it just adds that little bit of uncertainty, unknowing of, of potentially where are you going to take these guys yeah what concerns me the most here and and there's always that possibility because obviously last year potros was able to do that with uh with the the kind of split time uh between him and reese mcdonald but i think what scares me the most is that these are bigger much bigger names than what reese mcdonald is i mean you're talking about guys that have been staples in uh yeah. major league rugby for quite some time you're talking about highest point scores you know what i mean like on on some of these clubs aj alatimu uh sammy malcolm yeah that's true uh, it's 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 gonna be interesting and and it's hard to believe that you're just going to sit those guys on the bench here and allow another guy to mm -hmm. kind of uh, solidify that front and not give them the playing time, at least split uh, to somewhat of an extent. So again, off season of fly halves. I think we're, we're, we're seeing a lot. The picture is becoming slowly more clear and clear as we, uh, as we get to the 2024 season and approaching this fly half position is going to be a tough one. Um, I feel yeah. like um, heading into next season, uh, more signings coming in. And, and this one kind of highlights uh, the importance Ace. of, of the partnerships that these clubs have in major Major League Rugby with some overseas teams. Um, we know that uh, that Old Glory DC has that partnership with uh, with uh, the Scotland Rugby Club, um, and uh, and they've announced a big signing, most cap player uh, for Glasgow Warriors, um, Rob Harley, flanker. Uh, occasionally makes appearances at lock is coming to the MLR um, and he is joining old glory DC. Uh, this is an interesting one. Obviously this is an old glory DC side that has some depth at that flanker depth. position. Um, you talk about guys um, like uh, Fahanana Lutaro, Schultz, Lataro yeah. uh, Bavaro. Um, yeah. And and now you're adding Rob Harley oh, to oh, the Pecky. mix. Um, yeah. There, there's a, there's a lot of guys here. Um, and, and 
it'll be interesting. I mean, it's always fun to see these big names come to Major League Rugby. It's always exciting. And I think as fantasy managers, it's always exciting to think about the prospects of what some of these guys can do. I mean, last uh, last week we were talking about the roster move of uh, Tony Pulu coming to the Seattle Seawolves, coming from overseas, and the potential mm-hmm. that he has to make an impact in MLR because of the experience he has in high-level rugby. Uh, the same kind of goes here for Rob Harley, who obviously has a whole bunch of international experience, has that top-tier skill playing at that kind of top flight of rugby. And now he comes to MLR and brings that to uh, to an old glory DC side that, that has a lot of competition there at the back row. Yeah, and you just hope that it's not uh, the same kind of way that it went with Mitch Eady uh, last season. I mean, Mitch Eady was somebody who we thought was going to be a huge signing for Toronto and have a huge impact. And he just didn't end up panning out fantasy-wise or necessarily MLR-wise for the team. Um, and he's gone. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, I think for me, the way that I look at that, uh, at this is, Hey, he's an international roster spot. One of those back three back row guys has to go in terms of the international, like how are they going to balance that? Yeah. Um, so I know they have two, I think American eligible guys in that back row. Uh, what do they do with Bavaro? What do they do with, uh, I forget his name from Auckland. Uh, but, um, Nico but Jones. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, Nico Jones. So it'll be interesting to see there. Yeah, it definitely will be approached. But hey, welcome Rob Harley to the MLR. We'll always invite top tier guys to the league because it only mm-hmm. makes the uh, the entire game a little bit better here on the North American side of the ball. Um, talking about more international talent coming over. I mean, we're slowly again starting to see what this Miami Sharks uh, squad is going to look like. I think that yeah. question though, Matt, of who they're going to side when it comes to homegrown players is still up in the air right now. But nonetheless, they they continue to make moves. The Sharks, uh, they have um, signed, uh, according to Brian Ray, at raised rugby uh two wales international players rob evans and kirby myhill guys that have a whole bunch of experience with wales um again kind of the same uh the same sentiment here as as rob harley uh, it's just it's cool to see guys that have this top flight level of talent um they might be past their kind of prime playing days but just to bring that experience to bring that 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 type of quality and uh and and mindset to the league is always an exciting one yeah, and I, and I remember watching Rob Evans play for Wales back in the day. I mean, uh, it's always exciting to see renowned international talent to come through, like you said, Rai. Uh, But to me, the biggest interest is that we thought that, and we all assumed as we were talking that Miami Sharks with the owner, with how with the new CEO, with everything, how it was working out, it just seemed like it was going to be similar to the Dallas Jackals of being very heavily filled with South American players. And we saw that with some of the early signings too. Yep. Um, like Thomas Cabelli and stuff like that. So uh, it's it's interesting to see them in the past couple weeks be signing uh, away from what we thought, um, which is good. I think for the squad, I think they're going to be a formidable team this year. It looks like that they're going to have the talent to potentially compete, unlike the Chicago Hot Dogs. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, definitely gonna be interesting how how this uh, this Miami Sharks team shakes out here moving forward. It's been a talking point here, but it's always it's always fun to kind of uh, kind of. Uh, guess what's coming next for them because obviously they've been making a whole bunch of moves this offseason um, and then uh, like we said there's uh, some other things to catch up on Old Glory DC re-signing Facundo Gaddis Ignacio Dotti um, uh, going to Old Glory DC Christian Dyer re-signed which we mentioned a little bit earlier um, so again teams are, and, are, are still making their moves here this offseason yeah and something to point out here I mean a, like we were talking about AJ Alatima and David Coetzer I mean when we have when we had rugby morning Fitzy on he was talking about Max Schumacher who they just signed mm-hmm. who, who Houston Sabercats just signed as well from the draft and Max Schumacher another first 5'8 can play fullback 
it's just you're filling up that spot and you got to wonder something's got to give someone might have to give yeah um because you can't keep all these guys max schumacher will be a rookie doesn't necessarily mean he'll see the field that much or even play uh we've seen that in the past where they yep. maybe get to some game time but still having that many tens on your roster um it it, it it makes you question things fantasy wise. Sure, and, and um, it's easier. It's easier to kind of approach depth from a, uh, at least from fantasy uh, uh, a perspective, from a back row or a front row position where you know you know that there's multiples of that, so the chance of them getting to that lineup. I mean, we kind of talked about this with the Seattle Seawolves lineup last season. There were a bunch of guys, but you had some level of confidence that, you know, three positions to fill at the two flankers and the eight man that, yeah. you know, you could try try to predict what's going on here, but it's going to be a whole log jam at the 10 position and, when it comes to the Houston Sabercats. Yeah. And mind you, we did see this with Seattle Seawolves last year, right? Sure. Chait, Alatimu, Shane Barry. Now I guess we, I saw, guess we saw the results of that. And I guess what is good for fantasy managers is that we're getting this news early on. I mean, when it came with the Seawolves news, you didn't think Jordan Chait was going to, and it's especially reflected in. I didn't know that Tel Aviv heat Ryan was, (laughs) was a guy that held some talent like Jordan Chait. No kidding. No kidding. But, Um, um, but I'll I'll throw in, I'll throw in a last one there that uh, just while we're talking about some re-signings, Liam Murray, uh, Canadian prop re-signs with the Dallas Jackals. I think he's been there for the past three years, got drafted by them. Uh, So it's good to see some, some homegrown talent return there and, some of those signings that you brought up, we'll get to earlier when we bring up the World Cup. But Facundo Gattis, Ignacio Dotti, both of them playing for Uruguay, I believe. Yep. Uruguay having an absolute screamer of the last match. Yeah. Uh, and we just hope that that, that kind of uh, level of play just comes over to the MLR and continues. Absolutely. And just two quick things before we move on to that rugby world cup discussion, uh, the Miami sharks, again, making moves here this time from a logistics standpoint, they have announced, uh, that they'll be playing, uh, their home games at auto nation sports field, uh, the home of inter Miami, uh, 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 CF. So maybe, well, maybe is it there? Is it not their training pitch? I, I, according to James Dealey, uh, it is the home of Inter Miami. So maybe I don't know. It could I was be. reading. I was reading that it's their training pitch. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe, so maybe we can still have a Messi signing though occasionally. Yeah. Well, I mean, around. what do we? I don't think we're going to see Messi and the Miami Sharks in the same building. Okay. I think. <laughs> I think. We're, I think it's not going to be the big old stadium that David Beckham and all the stars are going to show out to. I think it's going to be their training pitch, and uh, I believe it's turf. Uh, as well, which means that Messi will stay 200 feet away from that. Yeah. It's in his contract. So, <laughs> uh, so he won't ever be there, especially in running shoes. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see, but I mean, good for them. I think we're going to continue to find more information about the sharks. Uh, I hope that the field is not as much of a nightmare to look at as it was for the Dallas Jackals, uh, in this field. Yeah, this year. absolutely. All right. And then lastly, kind of some, Sad, but kind of cool news here. Obviously, we talked a couple weeks ago at the passing of Bill Webb, just the influential uh, person uh, uh, with that Toronto Arrows organization in terms of what he provides to the squad and and the passing of him, the unexpected passing of him. Uh, A a lovely gesture uh, from NOLA Gold Rugby. They have uh, put Bill uh, Webb uh, on the right shoulder of their jerseys uh, for the upcoming season. And it's just just a really cool, you know, it's a cool notion that, you know, rugby – it, it, something like this is bigger than rugby and, and the yeah. rivalries and, and the, and the, the competition between these teams, there's somewhat of a camaraderie there. This is why we love the sport of rugby because there is this type of class that we see so often uh, when it comes to this sport. Um, and, and to see that kind of gesture, I think it means a lot to 
the rugby community. It means a lot to the Arrows organization. It, I'm sure it means a lot to the Webb family as well. Um, just kudos to Nola Gold for, for doing something like this because I think it, and, it is very special. And even then, uh, I think it just shows the impact that Bill Webb had on sure. not just Toronto Arrows because his impact on the Arrows was you know, uncomparable. It was humongous. Um, but then you look at his impact on the, the league as a whole and just his influence on not just the arrows, but the whole MLR, the other teams around the league. Um, it's clear to see here and you hope to see it across all the teams. Uh, and Nola kind of just started, started the, uh, the, the trend. Yeah, no, that, that'd be really, really cool to see, but, uh, all right, well, let, let's shift on over now to some rugby world cup, Maddie. It's been in full swing well, here over the past the, uh, two weeks. Um, I some... don't know if the rugby world cup has been nice to the MLR, Ryan, <laughs> You know, well, in some ways, I don't know if it's been nice. Hey, well, I think we got to take it with a grain of salt. Because Do we want to start with the bad news, though? Yes. You know, we, we can start with that, I guess. Um, we'll, we'll start. We'll get that out of the way. Obviously, Namibia. No shortage of MLR players on that starting roster. And no shortage One of, them, of points being scored on them. No shortage of points being scored on them. Again, we got to take it with a grain of salt because I think we just need to be happy with the appearance of them and them being showcased sure. on the international stage when it comes to these MLR players. But what isn't sure. so pretty USA is the gruesome out. injury that was faced by New England Free Jacks LaRue Milan in that matchup um, against, uh, against, I want to say... Um, Sorry, against uh, uh, New Zealand in that matchup, um, and uh, it is a dislocated, uh, a, a dislocated. Let me just and fractured. fractured and dislocated ankle that he faced in the first half, um, and he got a standing ovation um, uh, from the crowd and his fellow players. I was taken off the field. Um, we have a picture of him. Thumbs up. He's in good spirits, but uh, just tough to see. Not only is he. Um, you know, one of the top players when it comes to the Major League Rugby. He's just such a talented player um, as a whole. And to see his kind of World Cup kind of stint end in this sort of fashion and putting his Major mm -hmm. League Rugby season into question, it, it's a tough one. And, and and the picture's a nice one. He's got the thumbs up. He's with Antoine Leonard-Brown who visited him in the hospital. Um, yeah, but just tough to see yeah, a player and, like this uh, get injured in that type of way. And not much of a consolation, but I'm pretty sure that the All Blacks said that they'd be giving him uh, a signed 13 jersey of Anton Leonard Brown's jersey signed by the entire team. Uh, not much of a consolation, but good news or the upside, the silver lining is that the surgery seemed to go well. It looks like I believe they said either four to six or six to eight months, which, you know, when you think about it in season terms, tough, definitely tough. Uh, but maybe he's back at some point next season. I doubt it. That looked pretty gruesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you just hope to see him get back quickly and see him be able to come back to form the way that he was with the free jacks and the way that he was playing in that game with namibia as well yeah and 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 we always got to turn it around because there's always a fantasy impact that's involved here matt you mentioned it in the games when he returned from that initial injury um and and, and went with the free jacks i mean he was electric 108.9 fantasy points in eight of the games that he appeared in seven of those he started in um double digit points in almost all of them except for two um consistently uh surpassing kind of that 13 14 uh point mark his high was 22.6 in round nine um and and this is a guy that obviously was worth at least for that point in time worth that draft capital of that first round capital and if he was going to play a first uh, a full season that was the capital that you were going to be expecting to to use on him for the 2024 year but now with that in question what that kind of brings up is that 
there was still was a whole lot of production when it came to that center position with the New England Free Jacks. So now you're looking at the value of guys like Wayne Vanderbank, guys like mm-hmm. Ben Lesage, um, skyrocketing here heading into the 2024 season because those are the guys that are going to benefit from that playing time. Ben Lesage, when he was that replacement for Larue Milan, was quite adequate. I mean, a couple double-digit performances there. Um, he'll look to capitalize on that. So again, got to just look at it from a fantasy lens, and there is some impact here that you'll need to consider here heading into the 2024 year. Yeah, and and I would say the impacts probably more so on Wayne Vandermeer. I think Ben Lesage was was more often on the field with Larue Milan, um, but uh, yeah, definitely has a fantasy impact there. And and you know, we wish him a, a speedy recovery. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to look out for as well with that Namibia game uh, is also that Adrian Boyson got hurt at the end after taking a high shot from Ethan the Groot. Haven't heard much out of it. I know he left the game. Uh, was obviously a huge part of Dallas Jackals uh, not going to say success because they didn't have any except one win, um, but it, a part of their team. And uh, he'll be missed if that's a serious injury. You hope not, uh, but he definitely took a pretty pretty good shot straight to the collarbone and to the head from uh, old I am Ethan DeGroote. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, a tough one there. But I think with this lens to it, to kind of spin a positive note on kind of the appearance of a lot of these major league rugby guys, we talk about Namibia, uh, we talk about, um, you know, Samoa, we talk about Uruguay um, and the appearances they have. You talk about five guys in the starting uh, 23 for Namibia, uh, Vian Conradi, LaRue Milan, Damian Stevens, Cliven Lobster, Adrian Boyson. Um, You look at, uh, obviously, Samoa with what Sam Malolo continues to do, um, exactly what he was doing in in, – in in major league rugby in that match uh, against Chile in their 43 to 10 victory and then again um, also Ed Fido being in that squad that Samoa squad too and then you talk about Uruguay uh, Ignacio Dotti making an appearance in there um, as well so I think the bigger question here is just I think it's really really cool despite the results obviously Namibia struggling a little bit there um, Uruguay though having a pretty solid matchup there against yep. France um, a 27 to 12 loss but they definitely showed out um, again Namibia is kind of struggling Samoa coming up with a big win there against Chile. It's cool to see MLR players on this type of stage, on this international yeah. showcase uh, event, and 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 really being able to bring this experience back with them to Major League Rugby, I think is going to go a long way, and it's going to be a small part of the continued development, the continued growth of this league. Yeah, it's cool, but it's something that we should expect because – USA and Canada need to figure it out and they should be at the world cup every year, at least one of them. Um, and that's where our MLR majority of our MLR representation is going to come from. So, um, you know, I think it starts from the bottom, just trying to understand how MLR can help make those teams better. And then we can see more MLR guys in the main stage every four years representing their country. Uh, but for now we'll have to settle with, uh, these other nations with MLR representatives yeah. as well as them being represented, uh, around the world in different leagues. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, you talk about kind of the widespread, um, appearance the international appearances from all these i think major league rugby i obviously don't have any numbers inside me but if let's say a canada or a u.s was able to qualify and they should be qualifying especially with them hosting the world cup in 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 a less than a decade's time um well they have to make it to those ones. yeah i mean they have to. but i think what's cool is that the widespread representation on multiple international stages and multiple international levels. I mean, you talk about, you know, super rugby, obviously a handful of those guys are obviously on New Zealand on obviously on Australia, but just the, to see how many different countries are represented 
through the MLR is a cool thing. You know what I mean? I don't think you have that international representation. Maybe Major League Rugby is not as, as obviously as high talented as that, but to see just kind of that widespread throughout many countries throughout the Rugby World Cup is, is a cool thing to see for sure as well. Yeah, I mean, I would say that the top 14 and, and the, uh, you know, the, the premiership in those leagues probably have us beat. Uh, of course, but- of course. But you know what I'm saying? Like the, 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 the distance between those top flight leagues and MLR is massive. And yet that big gap, we're still seeing, I think, a solid representation, even without Canada and USA in, yeah. in, 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 uh, in the World Cup, which is, I don't think, something that you would have expected, especially with the absence of the U.S. and the absence of, of, of Canada uh, to see this kind of level. It, it, I guess it goes to show you that we are attracting some level of international talent over to yeah. uh to uh to the mlr which and i hate to be the debbie downer but the caveat is that most of those are kind of tier two nations sure sure um they're still in the world you know, cup and usa touchy, canada is not. Uh, that's a touchy subject too <laughs> but yeah they're still in the world cup usa canada is not um but yeah to your point uh we're clearly attracting international talent whatever country they come from um and the mlr every year the more talent that we've gotten has gotten better and better and and it's been a spectacle to continue to watch yeah, it's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun so far, for sure. I mean, that Australian-Fiji match over the weekend was fantastic. Fiji yeah. impressing me quite a bit. Obviously, they were close with that that upsetting Wales in that first match that they had. Uh, drop ball at the end there kind of uh, solidified that result. But to see them come out on top over Australia is always an interesting one. Um, yeah, been a, been a lot of fun so far in, in 2024. And obviously, there's a whole bunch of other matchups coming. Obviously, South Africa, Ireland is coming up, um, which will be a big one. Wales, Australia is another big matchup that's coming up as well. Uh, so there's no shortage of really, really good matchups. And obviously, you'll continue to keep uh, keep an eye out for those Major League Rugby players and and, and see how they do on the stage. So it's been a fun yeah, one. Yeah, def- definitely keep an eye out. The other thing that, by the way, the Rugby World Cup stands for is a way for some of these other teams and other leagues to have a view of some of these players, get their chance to actually see some of these players in action on the international stage at a high level. Yeah. So, I mean, if you see an MLR guy really performing well, guys like Sam Malolo, right? Um, you kind of run the risk of potentially losing him from the MLR sure, and, sure. And, and you never know. So it's something to look out for. Uh, but yeah, to your point, we love to see MLR guys thriving on the international stage and, uh, it, it's always great when kind of you hear the the commentators say, you know, LaRue Milan from New, the New England Free Jacks yeah, or, yeah. or something like that. And you just see those name drops being put out there and it just helps grow the game and grow the MLR a little bit more. Absolutely. So it might be the off season for Major League Rugby, but it surely doesn't feel like it with all the news dropping down, the fantasy impact that it has. Uh, Matt mentioned the fantasy, uh, the off season of fly halves. And obviously we've learned a lot over the course of the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And of course, uh, Rugby World Cup is uh, in full swing here over in France. And we'll continue to watch that closely. And, and, uh, and the, the, you know, performances that some of these major league rugby players have, which is going to be always a fun one to keep an eye out for. So should be a good one. Um, I think that's all, Matt. Uh, a different episode here, a news flash. I think we got caught up well, in all of it. And, yeah, uh, I'm just happy we didn't have to finish on me losing. So uh, we <laughs> can just go. finish it right there. Yeah, absolutely. But like I said, the losing will continue, though, when it comes to those yep. predictions. Uh, uh, we're going to continue those uh, player uh, fantasy ranking reveals in the coming weeks. So keep an eye out for that. The next one coming up is the center position, which is a big Oof. one when it comes to the world of fantasy. So you'll keep an eye out for that. And obviously, we'll continue to bring you the latest when it comes to the news around Major League Rugby and the impact that it has yes, in sir. fantasy. And again, keep an eye out for those moves being made to finally make fantasy MLR a reality here across the league for everyone to enjoy. 
let me tell you, there are, the gears are turning and there should be stuff coming out in the distant future, which should be some fun stuff. But hey, for Matt Yee, for Devin Vandy Vanderpool, who wish he could have been here, I'm Ryan Yee in the Fantasy Rucker Show. We'll be back. You've been listening to the Fantasy Rucker Show, bringing fantasy rugby to the masses, covering everything rugby from the MLR and beyond. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and be sure to tell all your friends. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, connect with us on social media at the Fantasy Ruckers. Till next time, this is the Fantasy Ruckers Show, signing off.